Welcome back, my name is Preston, the pastor of Disaster Hawker. I've got roughly a dozen years in combat sports, and I'm an associate pastor in Virginia Beach. Join me for our weekly podcast and choose to be a part of the Saved and Savage community. This week we're joined by Brock Weaver, a newcomer to the UFC. He's got more than 20 professional fights on his record. This is the Saved and Savage podcast. Hey Brock, thanks so much for joining me on this show. Before we get into questions, I want to ask you, well first, I want to thank you for being here, uh, taking some time. I know you got a ton of stuff going on, which I want to hear about, um, but I just want to thank you for being here. Since I heard about you, since I watched you, got to be honest, I love everything about you. You're fighting, um, I love your branding, everything that you're standing for, from from Christ to um, from to the natives, and I love everything about you, which is a big part of what I want to talk about today is um, your background, your uh, Native American pride, all those kinds of things. So uh, first, just tell me about your pride, like uh, where did you grow up, how did you grow up, um, those kinds of things. Uh, I grew up here, uh, McIntosh, Alabama, it's part of Mount Vernon, uh, uh, we, we call it we call it the Reds. We call Mount Vernon and McIntosh the Reds together, and uh, it's, it's basically just part of us Moas. Moas stands for uh, Mobile and Washington County Choctaw Indians. Okay, uh, we're a state recognized tribe, still battling to be federal recognized, and um, as a whole part of uh, my journey is to help my people get seen and just uh, Native American recognition uh, all together. You know, for for all the tribes out there. You know, there's, there's a lot of people I've met. And they're like. There's Native Americans still alive, and I'm like, yeah, yeah man, where, where y'all been? Like, yeah, we're still alive. We're just a lot of us are secluded to reservations, and a lot yeah. of them are paid. They just don't even come off the reservation, you know. Yeah. And, um, man, we here in McIntosh, um, I grew up, man. Uh, as a big thing about Moaz, uh, we 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 were real athletic, and we we were real rowdy, and, and loved to fight. So growing up, fighting backyards and in the streets was was part of uh, my journey, and. Actually, I used to lose a lot of my fights coming up, man, and it helped just build me. I just couldn't stand it. So I, I just one day when I found out and saw MMA and UFC and started playing the game and started practicing with my friends and we yeah. put the trampoline upside down in the backyard. <laughs> That's so the trampoline, man, and there would be no weight class. <laughs> body shots from neck down and submissions yeah. that we left off the game playing with each other. Yeah. And, man. We'd be out there promoted at school, like so and so's fighting this Friday. That's so incredible. So and so's house in the in the trampoline octagon, and, <laughs> and went on for a little while, man. And That's so creative. Started, yeah, just got to do what you got to do. Yeah, that's so great. So I gotta, I'm gonna tell you kind of a funny story, which I grew up thinking I was I was native. Like I was, I grew up thinking I had native American. <laughs> Native American ancestry. Everybody thinks they got some charity in them. And that's exactly it, too. That's that's exactly it. But I was so proud of it. I was so proud of it. I had, like, I had, like, my whole room, like, was all Native. And then my sister got, like, the ancestry DNA thing done, like, a year ago. And not nothing. I I did dodge a bullet because I didn't get, like, a dream catcher tattoo that I wanted so bad. (laughs) But luckily, I didn't get it done. But still, I... So many people, man, tell me. Like, white and black people, you know, they're like, hey, man. I know you native man, but my my great great grandma was Cherokee princess. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah right. 
million, but everybody wants to be Cherokee. It's just like the only tribe they know, Cherokees. Everybody <laughs> says it. It's crazy. My wife, actually, when I met her, she said her dad said that they had Cherokee. And I'm just looking at them like, man, y'all look, y'all look now, really you, white. And then she if got you look at my sister, it, though. You come back like 100% Viking like from Norway. <laughs> yeah, if you look at my sister, though, my sister's super, like, dark skin. Like I, I think we're like not even related sometimes because how much different we are. Yeah. But like I totally thought that we were native, and I was very disappointed when I found out that we weren't, because like I grew up as a kid just like with so much native pride, and now I feel yeah. like I feel like my whole childhood was just a fabrication. Like I don't know. <laughs> but I have. I'll tell you what. I have. Um, our, our church, every couple of years, we go to this IYC, is Indian Youth Camp in Montana. So, like, when you mention the res, I kind of, I understand some of that terminology, like, reservation life. Um, my first year, I went, uh, and you're talking about, like, like, your tribe being athletic and, like, all about fighting. And so, like, my first year, I went to this youth camp. I was, they put me as a cabin leader for um I'll shout out to the Rocky Boy Reservation right? because they gave me like the toughest, meanest, worst kids, yeah. just worst kids and like honestly my first four, my first 48 that, hours I hated it. That sounds like the Moas with, with the worst kids growing up to Dude, it's, it's horrible. They told me or not told me to my face, but in the middle of the night um, my first night there, all they thought was I was some white guy, right? So like, yeah. I'm coming there. I'm, I'm a nobody. I'm just there to like punch a clock or whatever. So like, I'm, they think I'm asleep in my bunk and I hear them talking about how they're going to tie me to my mattress and dump oh, me <laughs> and throw me in the river. So in the water, huh? yeah, it was, it was, it was all fun and games. So we ended up like, they didn't know that like, I like to scrap too. So like we, <laughs> so we went into like there's a big field beside our cabin, so we'd go to the field and wrestle and we'd all get in trouble with security, uh, like all together. But hey man, when you come on when you come on a res, you gotta earn respect. You, Once you earn respect, you get in good with that tribe. You like you get in good with a Moa man. Um, I know there's a couple white people man that we 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 would we would die for you know. Yeah. And, and I'm talking about the whole tribe and, and black people too and. It's something like when we when we create a bond with somebody, it's it's a strong bond, you know. Yeah, but, I, I didn't realize, and in, in going my first year, I didn't realize the struggles, like the real struggles that uh, natives face on you know res life. So, uh, what would you like to tell some of the listeners about the struggles of, with res life? Is there anything that people should know? Um, for I know on my reservation, uh, man, you know. It's crazy because the the Moa Choctaws is probably the most unknown, smallest, uh, poorest one of probably one of the poorest, smallest, like I said, tribes out there. You know, and um, just knowing that the Creeks they they live like seventy miles north of us, and how you know how nice their reservation is, and mm. how many of them it are they are, but. What I do know about uh, federal recognized Indians and, and a lot of them, and, and even here too, is is the you know growing up and trying to not become a drug addict or an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to uh, get out of high school and have a, all these dreams, but it's something like a curse, man. It's like everybody just gets hooked on something 
ends up living with their grandma until they're like 40 and working on and off little jobs. And then a lot of them, man, walking the roads, you know, and just, um, and it's like, it's like people can't escape the rest, yeah. you know, like I've left here, went to Miami, lived, trained in high places, come back. And it's just hard to leave this comfort zone. It's, and if people didn't even have, like a lot of them need, don't even have like a, a future, but I just created my future. You know, I created it just by never giving up and, mm -hmm. and, and really, you know, getting connected with God. But what I believe, man, it's like, I don't know. I do believe in witchcraft. I do believe in curses and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I believe a lot of, a lot of natives have, uh, played with stuff over these generations and stuff. They, they can't escape, you yeah. know, and it takes the real Holy ghost, the real, god to come in and, and even set a lot of people free and then some some people most people still don't even want to be free you know yeah most people don't they don't even want to escape this this life they're too comfortable in reservations you know yeah and people when you get too comfortable man you there there's nothing to look forward to you know mm -hmm. and i think that's what's wrong with a lot of reservations out there they're like oh we're we're native we just get money every year we ain't gotta do nothing but then their money's gone by a quarter of the year and I mean, then they spend it all on, you know, alcohol and drugs and partying. And then it's a, it's a big circle I see going on with a lot of uh, tribes and just being connected these last few years with a couple of different tribes and learning about them. It's all the same cycle. It's, it's like a gener generational curse, you know, mm -hmm. and it speaks about those in the Bible, you know, and not truly believe in them. Yeah, I think that's a, a common denominator I've, I've seen, too. Like in the little bit of time I've spent, you know, like at the Indian youth camp. Um, which for n listeners, they call it the Indian youth camp. So I'm not being racist by calling it Indian youth camp. They don't call it yeah. native youth camp. They call it Indian youth camp. But one of the common denominators I see is like a lot of these students that I got to talk with and I've got connected with and stay connected with is they've got parents, moms and dads, you know, first of all, I don't think a single one of them had a mom and a dad like that live together yeah. that are still married. That, that's very rare. That's yeah. I didn't, I don't think I had a single kid or met a single kid whose mom and dad are involved in their lives. Raised, Most of yeah, them. Raised, at least raised them though for at least five years together. Right. You know, right. On I'm, and off. And off yeah. That, that's a lot. Yeah, I, I was raised by my mom for a while, then my stepdad and then my grandma for the rest of my life. And my dad's never really been in my life, but we we're cool, you know? Yeah. I, I so like, that's a big deal is, the the grandmas seem to be the I don't know the ones that the went, yeah they're the ones that just make everything happen but just the the drugs the alcohol that just seems to really uh, really break down the community and you know I think I, are you there I think we yeah ah right, we're good hey. we're good hey. Man, that's crazy you said grandma and then my grandma called me. <laughs> 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 no, worries. <laughs> no worries um so anyway yeah i think that's a big a big part of um what i've noticed is like the drugs and alcohol just seems to be a big struggle for um native life for yeah. reservation life um do you have a other than i know you were saying like generational curses and those kinds of things and and i have to commend you too and what you're doing and chasing after Jesus and like using using your voice and your platform to speak to these issues is going to be a big part of how we break those curses. You know, um, yeah. you know, the Bible says uh, 
you know, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So like being able to speak to these things, that's how, that's how these things are broken. So I think it's, yeah. it's incredibly important for you to be using the platform that you have and the, the faith that you have in Jesus, which brings me to a question, you know, how did Jesus come, come into play in your life? Well, see here, here in McIntosh, man, we, um, uh, I know a lot of, uh, some other reservations out there I've, I've been connecting with, they still believe in the old ways and mother nature and, and mm -hmm. they're, you know, and it's just, and the creator and all that. Well, you know, um, it's never been a part of this reservation. The Moa's, um, mo is hat is like, it's mostly, uh, Pentecostal and Baptist churches here. There's about seven, eight of them. And it's half and half, you know, and, and uh, the spirit of God is strong here, man. That's you know? incredible. Uh, church, church is like no other here. I broke my wife here and she's never experienced nothing. She don't even want to leave it to go to Miami with me. <laughs> yeah. She's like, no, I ain't leaving that. Uh, you can go train. I'll take care of the house. I'm part <laughs> of the ministry. I can't separate myself that long, you know, from, th from this, from this ministry. And, and it, it just speaks, man. And, um, I was raised in church, um, through my stepdad mostly. And, um, as a kid, man, you know, and, uh, basically I was like, when I started fighting at 16 and stuff, I was like, I'm gonna get rich and all this. And then one day I'm gonna retire and I'm gonna become a preacher. That was like my goal. <laughs> and God, God kept, I, I wasn't living the, so it's like my preacher says this, he's like, um, when Mr. Walmart died. Did uh did we get any of his inheritance? No, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and just like that, because we we weren't part of his family. So if we're not living for God, we just say we believe in God, and yeah. one day we're gonna do this for God. But we're not. We don't have no fruits. You know, you're yeah. not living every day trying to be a light in in your community, trying to help somebody, trying to show love, trying to not do what the world wants to do, what the flesh wants to do. Cause the flesh, you know, and you're a man like me, the flesh mm -hmm. and men is evil thoughts at yeah. all times. You yeah. got to take your thoughts as captive and, yeah. and pray over them and, and, and change daily. And it's a day to day battle. And I didn't learn that till, till about two years ago, man. And, uh, we, me and my wife moved and well, she was my girlfriend at the time and we moved back and she wanted to go to church. She was raised in church in South Carolina and uh, we were partying and, and, and not living life and I could feel my career kind of going down again and I kind of got back in the party scene and, mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, if I take you to a church, I'm going to take you to this one pastor that I know is a real hardcore man of God. I, I've seen miracles performed. I've heard of miracles performed. I knew this guy before he was saved. He's only been a pastor like eight years. He was a, a thug in the streets, but God has really changed this man. Those and are I, the best. I I've just saw it. I've saw like, he's just a complete different person. I was like, and his, I've heard him preach. I was like, every time he preached, I cry, you know, wow. I'm going to take you to this place. So I, I, I wasn't even made, I didn't even made up my mind. I was like, I ain't getting saved today. Like I'll take her to church just to make her happy. You know, yeah. and when I went there, man, the, the word hit me. I wasn't even there 10 minutes, man. Boo hoo crying, went to the altar, gave my life to God. Just felt all kinds of peace come upon me, had some struggles and some struggles sure. uh, along the way. And, um, but man, ever ever since I reconnected with God, uh, He's opened doors. Like one of my favorite verses that they revealed to me, and was like, "You uh, you you show you to uh, delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you all your heart's desires." And yeah. I just felt the, the, the contender series right when I got close with God again. Bam, it happened, and then I was just 
just felt the Holy Ghost that whole training camp. Just listening to some Christian music. I, I was actually listening to like some old time gospel music. I was just like just just on fire, man, and and really seeking the Lord. And, and that happened, and and you know, and that was a little testimony I did, and it reached a lot of Christians out there, and 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 it helped me, and it just encouraged me to keep on going. And then my debut happened, man, and and God like spoke to me in my debut, even with that disqualification. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say thank you, Jesus. After my fight again, like I did in the, in the, in the continue on, on TV and, and, and try to really spread that, you know, I'm, I'm a Jesus follower. But he told me, he said, say thank you, Jesus, when you come out that tunnel and hit that camera, because you're not going to be able to, you might not be able to say it after the fight. And then mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I wondered that in my head when he yeah. told me that I was like just thinking doubt, you know, and then yeah. I thought about it. Well, I got disqualified. They didn't even let me, they didn't even let me talk because I had a concussion. Uh, but I said, thank you, Jesus, right when I come out. And a lot of Christians wow. saw that, and it, you know, and it fueled them up and. You know, and then this last fight, man, uh, went down there by myself, and my wife couldn't go. Quarantine time, had a horrible weight cut, took the fight on nine-day notice, cut a lot of weight, hurt my body, man. It was just That's tough. The devil was on my back all week, man. I'm talking about torment me in my room. I had so many bad dreams. I felt like at one point I woke up at like 3 o'clock in the morning, and there was just like something on my back, and I couldn't move. Mm-hmm. And I've always heard it like around here, like there's a witch on your back, there's a demon in your yeah. room, you know, and I, I truly believe stuff like that, you know. And I was just so scared, and I just started, you know, crying, crying out to the Lord. And then, and I was just this last that last week cutting that weight, man. I was, you know, I was just thinking about Job and how how strong Job was, and 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 then I, I caught myself a couple of times, like 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 being mad at God, you know, like what God, why God, why why this, why why am I tormented like this, like yeah. on this big of this big of a platform right now? This I really need you. You you, you helped me the other times. Why can't you help me this time? And just really, just really battling with God, and 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 at right, right at the end, they wanted me to back out the fight because of, I had a bad weight cut. But then God just told me that I just felt like I don't know if I got a dream from the devil or from God. But in the dream, my pastor was pulling people, making them hold hands, but nobody would hold hands. And and um, my, all my friends were like, "Man, you 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 backed out the fight. You backed out the fight." And I was like, "Man, my kidneys were hurting." Like I had a bad weight cut. I was sick. Yeah. The doctor told me to, that I needed to pull out. I probably had a kidney failure. They're like, man, you punked out. You told Danny White you would fight no matter what, sick or not. And I woke up and I was like, I'm taking the fight. You know, I don't yeah. care if that was a, I don't care if that was a dream from God. I don't care if that was a dream from the devil. I don't care if that was just a regular dream. I'm not backing out of this fight. And yeah. I let pride get in my way. And I knew when I stepped in an octagon that night, I was not ready. My body was not feeling good. I mm-hmm. could not feel God in the back, even when we prayed. And I knew I let pride get in my way. And and, you know, it's just a lesson learned, man. I, and God's been, God's been good to me, man. You know, and um, I, I, you know, I, I really regret questioning what he, what he's did and, you know, how he's handling situations for me. Yeah. So I, I like to ask fighters, um, it's, it's fun to talk about the wins. I know you mentioned, you know, having to uh, deal with a loss. I like to ask fighters for the sake of the listeners because I, I know a lot of guys want to get into fighting and all they see and all they want is that hand raising experience, you know, cause that's what, that's what is so exciting about it. But I think there's a, a, another side is how do you deal with the loss? How do you bounce back? You know, what are some things that you do to like, I've, I've faced losses and had to convince myself that I can, eat, I can win again. You know, you like yeah. for myself, myself, you know, I've lost a couple times in a row and then it's just being honest and vulnerable sometimes on the mental side or at one point in my, in my life, I had to convince myself that I could actually win. So 
how do you take the loss and how do you go from there and not only convince yourself but expect that win? See, I, I lost my at 16 and 17, I lost my first two amateur fights. Okay. Got beaten the decision, a close decision, my first one. And then I got tapped out in the first round with a triangle. And all my friends were already like, hey, bro, you shouldn't be doing this. You should lose all your street fights. You're tough, you know. But maybe this ain't for you, you know. And something just drove me, man. Something just pushed me and, and told me to keep going. And when I tasted victory, I was I, I told, told myself, I'm, I got to at least win one and then I'll quit. And then I yeah. Like you said, I felt that hand raising, and, and I worked my butt off for that hand raising. It was a yep. war. It was yep. me and the Mexican went to we went three rounds, and I broke both my hands, had stitches in my eye. He did too, and and I I went all three rounds, and just to feel that win, I was like, there's no way I could stop. I got to keep feeling this. And then my amateur career went up and down, up and down, up and down. Then I I become pro and went like a 12 fight win streak, and then lost my first pro fight. Uh, I was four and zero, and I went four and one, and that hurt, you know. But I knew the reason I lost. I was partying too much, and then I lost again. I was still partying too much. Then I reevaluated myself and and moved and, and trained my butt off and, and didn't take a fight until I knew that I was beyond ready. And yeah. then went on another little streak, man. And, and this this loss the other night was an MMA. I haven't been finished or beat since 2014. Mm-hmm. Six years, you know. I went on eight fight win streak, and every now and then you need it. You yeah. Know? Uh, it sucks, man. I hate losing. I still think about that. I look. I watched that video and how horrible I looked. I'd been I'd been quarantined. I couldn't get down to Coconut Creek. All the campgrounds were closed. I was doing strictly nothing but boxing and and cardio and strength. I haven't grappled in like six weeks. All the gyms here were closed, mm-hmm. and um, I knew, you know, I had a horrible weight cut. I'm not Superman. I thought I was invincible. I was like, oh, I'll lose the weight. And I'll perform, and yeah. <laughs> and I underestimated my opponent. I watched yeah. a couple of videos. I was like, "This dude's skinny. He's little. I'll manhandle him. I'll beat. I'll beat him, regardless." You yeah. know. Yeah. And I'm at a new level of the game now. Yeah. And it's and plus, I just wanted to, like you said, I wanted to get in there and redeem myself from the debut. You know? Yeah, I I know. And I saw that interview. I saw the interview. And like you were saying, even though you won due to disqualification, you felt like you didn't win, you know. No, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't count that as a win. That's yeah. that's that's a no contest to me. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and if you watch the fight, yeah, I look, I, I don't feel like I was threatening to fight, but if you look at the scorecards, I was probably losing. Yeah. You know, but uh, I could feel him getting tired. But you never know. You never know what happened in the fight. You know, mm-hmm. we had two more rounds. He 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 did that four minutes in the first and. Um, but I don't. I did not count it as a win, you know. So I was anxious when they caught. I thought I was fighting in June, so I've been planning to fight in June. And I was like, okay, the next week I'm gonna start cutting my weight. I'm gonna get down to 75. I can get down to 75 within a week from 86 with my water load, and then I'll dive down the rest and, right. and sweat it out. But they called me that Wednesday. My manager was like, hey, you wanna fight? You wanna fight next weekend? Nine days. I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, you ready? You been training? I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's your weight? And God forgive me, but I lied. It said 178. <laughs> they're still mad at me for lying. To be honest with my, you know, and I'm not supposed to lie. Yeah. Know, being yeah, a Christian. You know. So I was just ready. To, everything went wrong, but it was all for me. Yeah. I did all this for me. I didn't do it for the glory of God. I didn't I didn't sit down and talk with my team and be honest with them. I did it all for my own self, self-righteousness. I wanted to get in there and show the world what I could do. You know, mm-hmm. and I was not ready to do that. Yeah. And 
in this game, I feel like you need wrestling and grappling more. So when the, and everybody when they're fighting me, everybody wants to take me down yeah. at, at one point. You know? Yeah, they don't want to stand with me long, and I've knew that my whole career. So everything just went wrong. But I know now. I just talked to my manager right before you called. He was like, "Hey, man, what are your chances of uh, getting down to 45?" I was like, "There's no chances in that." <laughs> <laughs> I'm pushing it with 55, you know? I just missed weight. I was like, hold on. I'm pushing it with 55, bro. Let me get down to American Top Team. Let me get beat up. Let me level up, and I'll call you in yeah. six weeks. I said, give me six weeks. I'm going to get my weight around 72, 73. When my weight hits 72 and 73 waking up, I'm going to yeah. call you, and I'm going to tell you to set me a fight up. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I know I've had losses. I've had seven in amateur. I've had some boxing losses. I'm one in one in pro boxing, and now I got five losses in pro. And the key is to don't waddle in it. Right. Not take too much time off. Don't waddle in it, and um, get back at it, man. Like Joe Dirt said, keep on keeping on. You know, <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's one of my mottos of my life. So, you are from Alabama, that, aren't you? I am from Alabama. <laughs> Quoting Joe Go Dirt. Time. <laughs> So, uh, what are some what are some challenges you face as a fighter being a Christian? What are some of those those challenges? Um, I'll, you know, just just most challenges is people seeing me as a savage Indian. You know, yeah. and they're like, "How can you be a savage Indian and be uh, a Christian?" And you got to show Christ. You know. Yeah. Well, I look at fighting as a sport. Yeah, yeah. Right. I come in with the fa- with the face paint, but it's marketing, it's brand. I'm trying to make yeah. money. You know, yeah. none of that stuff I really believe in. Uh, yeah. I do it for the for the recognition of Indians, mm-hmm. and I do it to maybe bluff my opponent a little bit and get in their head. That's what I've always done. Uh, I come in, I mean mug them. We we get into it. It's all business and money, like Connor said to Khabib in the fight. It's all business. <laughs> yeah. Bro. You know, he did make Khabib. Connor can go a little too far sometimes. Yeah. Know? But it's all business. And after a fight, I shake. We we make up. I tell them, you know, I love you, man, and uh, I'm glad I'm glad to do business with you. You know, yeah. and, and that's how I want to always end with every opponent. No matter win, lose, or draw. Me and Roosevelt shook hands. I told him, hey, I, I would like to fight you again one day at 100. percent But hey, man, you're skilled. I underestimated you. God bless you and the rest of you and the rest of your journey. I hope you make it to the top. You know, and I'll meet you there. Yeah. And he was like, no problem, man. And we shook up and we 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 actually pretty good, pretty cool now. You know, and but. It's the, the biggest thing, man, is just, I think, being being an Indian and people thinking that we shouldn't, like, they, they, a lot of people hit me up, like, a lot of people, like, thousands of people hit me up, and be like, how can you be an Indian and worship the white, the white devil God? Like, first off, if you know anything about history, he wasn't white. Jesus is a Jew. He's not a white man. <laughs> He's not God. white. <laughs> that, the other side of the world, like, okay, white people, God, God used white people because white people were ambitious and they were hard-headed, strong. He used them to spread the gospel. Maybe he used them the wrong way, but they're men. They got self-righteous, but they spread the gospel, even yeah. if they forced it on people. But, hey, they forced it on the Vikings, and the Vikings were paganism. I mean, that stuff ain't right. Yeah. You know, so... They had to force it on some people. I mean, they came over in Indians. I'm, uh, there's an old chief, man. Uh, he might have been a Cherokee chief. <laughs> but there was a saying that went around, and it stuck with me. And it was one of the sayings. And he said, um, white people come over here with nothing but Jesus. And we had everything. Now, they have everything, but we have Jesus. Wow. And that really stuck with me, man, because... If you do, if you do see that tribes around here or in America that do believe in Christ, 
they're full fledged with it, you mm-hmm. know. And Indians, if whatever what I know, natives, if whatever they believed in, if it was a spirit gods, if it was Mother Nature, if it was the Creator, they really believed in it. Yeah. They gave it their all, and they made full sacrifices to whatever their God had to do, you know, mm-hmm. to do whatever. So I, that's what I feel like around here, man. You know, like the Holy Ghost come up in Macintosh. I don't know when. It was before I was born, boy, and he, he took over. Yeah. You know, and, and we still have our problems here, and we still fight the devil for sure. But, man, I've seen some people walking the roads and now are pastors you wow. know, around here. And yeah. I'm talking about on fire for God, man. It's just, this this it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, but what Jesus can do it. I've seen people strung out on drugs that they have to go and get, you know, and I've seen people just get saved, man, and not even have to go through withdrawals. And these people have been sticking themselves with the needle Jeez. for 10 years. Yeah. Didn't even go through one withdrawal. Jesus just took it from them all. So I know he's real. I've seen demons cast it out of people. I've seen exorcisms, man. I've seen people's stomach shrink from, I've seen people heal from sicknesses and the stuff I've just seen in two years is crazy. And it's just, I'm, I'm just ready to go down to Orlando Monday, go down there and, and then poverty places that we're going to go and set that, that big circus tent up, uh-huh. and draw them souls in man and, and see something crazy. You know, that's, that's, that's what I like to do. I, I like to see the craziest stuff that God can do, you know, just that's great. It's, it, it's pretty, it's pretty wild, man. It's been a journey and, uh, you know, and, and, and whether, the UFC can my career if I get kicked out or whatever, you know. I I did I did all I can do. Yeah. You know, and it maybe it just ain't what God wants from me for the rest of my life. He just wanted to use me just for a couple of thank you Jesuses. Yeah. Know? That's incredible, man. I'm, I'm okay with it. Got gotta be okay with it. Got to. Just gotta you know, trust I, God I, through I know, it all. I know what the other life is. Yeah. Just gotta trust God through it all, no matter what that looks like. No matter where we yep. end up. It's just gotta trust that God has our best on his mind and he's ordering our steps. He's guiding us through it all. That's that's the way we got to look at it. You know, we're in a really weird, sensitive time in history. You know, if you turn on the news or look at social media, we're in a really sensitive time in our nation with racism and police brutality. You know, I'm trying to come up with some things. I'm asking some brothers, you know, of, of all different colors, white, black, all different colors, Hispanic, native, um, trying to come up with some practical things that we as men, and specifically men of God, what are some things that we ought to be doing um, to help bring healing and peace to our country? What are some things that you think we should be doing? In uh, in regions and stuff, man, I, I say call prayer meeting. You know, getting mm-hmm. all races in a place, getting down at that altar, man, praying together. Um, fellowshipping together, eating together, you know, in, 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 in the church. And, uh, I don't think, I don't think how, even how crazy stuff is. I just don't believe if people meet up in the house of God, I don't care how, how much hate's going on right now. I don't believe nobody's going to go in there and start choking out a different race or shooting. Yeah. I, I believe yeah. God, I have all that in control. It, it'll, it'll really bring people. I believe people just need to be going and, you know, and, and the devil's crafty, man. He, he picked all this stuff to happen mm-hmm. at a time of a pandemic where yeah. people really can't gather. Yeah, He's crafty, man, and he, he's getting craftier as the years go on. I don't want to give him no no clout, but i got to give credit where it's due. He, he he picks his times and his seasons, you know, but God God has his time, too, and God lets him. God, God, the devil's got to ask God is what we don't know. Mm-hmm. The devil's got to ask God before he can do anything, and God lets him do it, but God always prevails, you know. Yeah. He's got his plan too, you know, like that's how good God is. God can even use a terrible incident 
to create good out of it, um, which is that's just, what, he, what he loves to do. What he, he loves, loves to it. Do. Loves it. So took all, took all twelve the disciples, and they they, they weren't even men of God in any way. <laughs> Not at all, right? They were all screw ups, <laughs> yeah. and they changed the world. I've got a few um, rapid questions before we uh, finish out. Just some of them have something to do with fighting faith. Some of them have nothing to do with anything, just kind of fun questions. So I'm going to hit you with them, just whatever comes to mind. So first is, who's your favorite boxer? Roy Jones Jr. That was easy. I love watching Roy easy. Jones when I was a kid. All right, so. I grew up, I grew up with Roy, man. Oh, yeah? So, yeah. Um, I train often. Oh, you do you? That's incredible. Yeah. Um, uh, who, what's a new MMA fighter that people should be looking out for? Other than myself, uh, man, that's uh, not that's not a hard it's not a hard question. Sugar Shine O'Malley is uh, a oh, Tennessee right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, he's the guy, isn't he? He's the guy. Yeah. All right, now Power Rangers or Ninja Turtles? Power Rangers, the Green Ranger, man. Green Ranger. All right. Um, Green Ranger all day. What What is something you're currently learning, or something you've recently learned? The Bible. Every day I'm learning something about the Bible. Yeah, it's just digging in. Mind blowing every day. Do you have like a reading plan that you recommend, or is it just you're just digging in? Um, me, yeah, me and my wife, we we read a we read a couple chapters every day. We read the whole New Testament a couple times. Now we're on the Old Testament. We flip back and through, but we try to keep the course. When we're in Second Kings right now, reading about all the kings and uh -huh. all. All the ones that just did evil inside of the Lord, and every now and then you'll get one that did a favor in the sight of the Lord, and it just teaches you that you no know, matter what, without Jesus, we wouldn't have made it. They kept failing. They kept failing. I did a did an episode um, with a guy, J. M. Smith. It actually just dropped on Tuesday, this past Tuesday. He runs what's called the Disciple Dojo, and he talks all about like the Old Testament. It might be something you want to look at if you're in Kings, but it's good stuff. Um, yeah. Street. Let me the link. I will. Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat. You have a character. Sub Zero is mine, but. Uh. Night Wolf would have to be mine. Okay. Know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Night Wolf and Night Wolf and Liu Kang. Liu Kang. Know? Okay. Um, My favorite. Is I think I know the answer to this one, um, but if you weren't a professional fighter right now, what would you want to do? Evangelist. That's what I was going to guess. Evangelist or, or pastor. But you really have that evangelist thing about, you know, going out and uh, yeah. and really reaching people, unreachable people, what seem to be unreachable people, unlovable people, all that stuff. Um, you know, I really appreciate your time today. I really appreciate uh, your honesty, your vulnerability. And like I said before, I love everything that you're doing. Your, your branding is incredible. Uh, using your platform for your people and for uh, Jesus, you know, it's absolutely incredible. Is, is there anybody you want to thank or give a shout out to? Or um, how do people connect with you? All those kinds of things. Yeah, just, hey, thank, thank you, Jesus, you know. And uh, couldn't do nothing without you. And um, we're just going to keep on keeping on, man, on, on the good fight. Yeah. The, the, the real fight, you know, and it's the fight of faith. Yeah. And just shout out, man, to to every to all my sponsors, all my local sponsors. I got so many; it's hard to name. And got time right. to name a phone, be gone dead. <laughs> but uh, it, I get I get I get much love. And um, shout out to my management, first round management. And you follow me on Brock Weaver UFC at uh, on Instagram, 
B Weaver UFC on on Twitter and uh, Brock Weaver Brock Chattatushka Weaver fan page on Facebook. Okay, and that's Brock with a K, no C K, right? No C K. No I'm C-K. the only one in the world so B-R-O-K. far with, it, with just a K. All right. Hey man, thanks so much. Blessings to you. My prayers are with you, man. I can't wait to uh, watch your next fight. Um, uh, thanks so much. I'm going to try to stay in contact with you because there's something I'm trying to build to help build this community of what we call Save Savages, um, to help build a community of men, women, people who are fearlessly chasing after Jesus but also living outside the norm. So I'll keep in contact with you, and uh, hopefully you can help me build that. All right? Yes, sir, man. With it. All right, I appreciate it. it, man. You have a great day. Tell your mom, I, or God tell your you. grandmother I said hi. <laughs> yeah, I, I will, sure. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Yep. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Saved and Savage podcast. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Saved and Savage. No dots, no dashes, no underscores, just simply Saved and Savage. Also, do me a favor and rate, review, subscribe, or follow on whatever platform you might be listening to this podcast on, wherever that might be applicable. Lastly, thanks so much for joining our Saved and Savage community. If you're on Instagram, make sure you drop us a line, let us know how we're doing. We'd love to connect with you.